0: Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey, and he approached Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. More than 500 years before his birth, the prophet Zechariah, It's a small, minor prophet just before Malachi to finish off the Old Testament. The prophet Zechariah prophesied that the Messiah would come and he would stand on the Mount of Olives. It was Matthew's way, in quoting Zechariah 9.9 in that Palm Sunday text, of saying, here he is. Here is the Messiah that has come. Come in fulfillment to a long salvation history story. Matthew has identified the rider on that borrowed donkey as the son of David, the son of Abraham, Emmanuel, God with us, the one born king of the Jews in Bethlehem, worshipped by the Magi, exiled to Egypt, raised in Nazareth, announced by John the Baptist some years later as the coming one baptized in the Jordan, and a voice from heaven saying, this is my son, in whom I am well pleased, who I love. Jesus goes on to defeat the devil in the wilderness, announce the coming kingdom, heal many, and teach. I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law, At a strategic point in his ministry, from which he will begin to head to Jerusalem and walk that hundred miles from Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they answer with the compliments that the people have been given. Some say that you're Elijah, some Jeremiah, you're one of the prophets. And Jesus turned and he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, so often speaking on behalf of the disciples, said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my Father in heaven. And from that point on, Jesus began to explain to the disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer at the hand of the religious leaders, be crucified, and raised again the third day. Jesus had walked a hundred miles but he rode the last two. I find it just interesting, kind of curious, that at the height of the intensity that is about to take place because if you read your Bibles from Matthew 21 following that week there is just one intensity after another That Jesus takes pains to give the detailed directions of how to get the donkeys. (laughs) So that the owner of the donkeys didn't feel that he had been taken advantage of. What an interesting reflection on the good shepherd. The good shepherd that will fulfill completely the will of the father for the sake of humanity is yet concerned for the dignity of the owner of the donkey. He understands that the Lord has use of him and it'll be returned as soon as the Lord is finished. Symbols are really powerful. You know the power of corporate logos. Well, there's a lot of images in scripture that help us to track the meaning of salvation history. Advent begins with a manger. An indication, a symbol of God's self-imposed sacrificial powerlessness. But the broken altar of uncrafted stones is a symbol. The towel in the basin is a symbol. The crown of thorns is a symbol. The staff of the shepherd is a symbol. These object lessons in scripture are not easy to beautify or make ornamental. They come out of ordinary life, not religious life. And they stand as symbols that need a story. The donkey's story really comes in the words of the prophet Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. What a picture. What a picture of the approach of God for the sake of salvation, the humility, the invitation. In so many ways, God has come in gentleness and in mercy and in gospel truth, has not come to intimidate has come in a way that is so accessible and so approachable and this isn't kind of a an ethereal symbol of some kind of vague spirituality but this indeed is the incarnate one Emmanuel God with us and this is how God chooses to come I think that aspect is something that I would want you to get in these moments, is that God is inviting, not intimidating. And you might say that God's knocked himself out to impress you with the gentleness, with the humanity of his approach, with his desire to do good for you, even though we are depraved, even though we are sinful, even though we have rejected him. He draws on the prophet Zechariah. And so we all point to Zechariah 9.9, but I think it's right to ask what was in Jesus' mind as he sits on the donkey moving into Jerusalem. And I think we can tell what was on Jesus' mind by reading the prophet Zechariah because the prophet Zechariah begins to tell stories. He tells the stories of really bad shepherds Three bad shepherds that treated his flock for slaughter. Not for grazing, not for health, not for their wool, but for slaughter. And so God sends a good shepherd to the people. But they resist and they reject the good shepherd. An unappreciated good shepherd. And the Lord tells the good shepherd will settle up with them and be done with them. And so they settle up with him for 30 pieces of silver. And then the prophet Zechariah goes on to say that these people will not be saved by the chariot, by the weapons of war. They will not be saved by war horses. They will be saved by the blood of the covenant. So this story of an unappreciated shepherd sold off for 30 pieces of silver who will save by the blood of the covenant is in the mind of Jesus. But that's not all. Zechariah tells the story of a mourned martyr. and He says this, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication, the spirit of forgiveness, and they will look on me the one they have pierced. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. They will look on me, the Lord speaking, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him. A humble, modest king, Coming into Jerusalem. But on his mind too is the mind of Jesus. Is the unappreciated shepherd sold off for 30 pieces of silver. On his mind is the price that will be paid to bring restoration. Forgiveness to this people. The blood of the covenant. And on his mind is the mourned martyr who will be pierced. The Lord will be pierced and they will grieve. The cross is very much on the mind of Jesus as he enters Jerusalem that day. We hear the word of the prophet. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was laid on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Everyone has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I think the church should extend the message of the gospel calmly as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. I think the church should extend the gospel in an approachable, humble, and gentle way. We learn the strategy from Jesus himself. Karl Barth likened himself to a donkey. One of our most famous 20th century theologians called himself, I've just been a donkey in the right place and the Lord used me. I like that image. But there is a concluding image for us that ought to be kept in mind. And that is the image of the rider on the white horse in Revelation 19. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself, dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. King of Kings, And Lord of Lords, now is the time to receive the approachable, humble, crucified God. There will come a day, there will come a day when there will be a day of judgment. And God will reckon all people in response to his very approachable, grace-filled, merciful gospel. But know this. Every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.